This podcast is supported and sponsored by my good friends at Hunted. Now, did you know that research shows having a strong employer brand will reduce your time to hire by 50%, reduce your cost per hire by 50%, improve the retention of your staff by 28%, make candidates three times more likely to trust you, and double the number of qualified applicants. But developing a strong employer brand is not just about creating great content. What's even more important is getting that content seen as much and as often as possible. If you have a careers page, how do you actually drive traffic to it? If you have an Instagram account, how do you grow your following? If you're creating great content, like videos or podcasts or blogs, how do you actually get it seen by more of your target audience? Hunted is the place where recruitment brands can tell their story in a way no job post ever could. Learn what works, develop a sustainable employer brand strategy, and reach more recruiters than ever before with Hunted. And I've been working really hard on getting an exclusive deal for all of you guys, for recruitment roller coaster listeners. Up until the end of June, the end of this month, you can get a huge 50% off their annual subscriptions. Use the code rollercoaster50 and claim your profile today. I've had a sneak peek at what the Hunter team are up to, what they're working on, and trust me, you do not want to miss out on getting on this platform. Save money and use the amazing offer that all of you guys have access to. Claim your profile today. So the big question is this, how do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm joined by Sam Holloway, who is the director of that recruitment company, who are a specialist tech recruitment business that focus on building teams and helping scale-ups in the Netherlands and Germany markets. Sam, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Yeah, good to have you on here. So for, for those that may or may not know, uh, I, I did do an interview with Sam's boss um, a little while back, Chris Stringer. So obviously Sam will obviously dive into it, but you've obviously been um, on the ride with Chris. So I'm excited to get your journey, your perspective, your story as you as the, the first hire for Chris. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to, to get into it from your point of view. It should be cool. Um, first mm-hmm. question, mate, oh. where I always, always like to start on this podcast is 
how did uh, Sam enter the world of recruitment? Let's start there. Oh, difficult question. Um, I'll be honest, by complete accident. Um, <laughs> I never, I never dreamt of being a recruiter. I'll, I'll be completely honest. But um, I, you know, as a, as a boy, I wanted to be a police officer, an armed response officer. Um, and as most people do, fell into the world of recruitment. Um, you know, and it, it's been, it's been good. Um, I've actually wrote a short blog on it as well. If people do want to have a look at it, but it's, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. Um, so as a kind of a former dispatch manager, Carl Salzman. And I always say this to Chris, uh, a bit of a, an all-round Dell boy, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I decided that, you know, one day uh, that, that recruitment was for me. Um, I actually first heard the word recruitment. I didn't have a clue what it really entailed um, for a friend. Um, and a couple of conversations later, um, me on a basic of 21000 him on a basic of a little bit more than that, uh, smashing sales and earning 40k plus when he was the, the same age, kind of, you know. Sold you the dream. Yeah, he sold me the dream and he, he really did. Um, and he said, look, I'll get you an interview. Um, never come through. So I ended up going with a rec to rec um, who actually got me a couple of interviews. I think I had four interviews uh, the same day, a uh, couple of uh, companies in Birmingham. Chris was actually my last one, uh, to tell you the truth. So it was right at the end of the day. Um, and here we are. Um, it was a, a couple of rounds later and I decided to, to join the the, the Chris Stringer Barmy Army, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah, ju- I guess just to frame it up then for people listening in the context. So, join Chris, join that recruitment company, and um, obviously been there now for six years, which is a really, I'm sure you sort of gathered this now looking at other people and you were interviewing people for the business and stuff. Obviously, that's, that's a real long time to be at one recruitment mm-hmm. firm. Right, and just just to yeah. just to sort of frame it up and add the context as well. So, when you joined Chris, it was you and Chris. Um, which mm-hmm. of course we'll dive into, but and then now you're you're where are you as a business? There's like what six or eight of you is there? No, these we're we're looking at ten. We we're, we're oh, actually okay. hired. Uh, we've actually hired recently, which is quite cool. We hired um, during COVID. Um, really, really good guy, um, and we're, we're still growing, still looking to add heads. Okay. Um, obviously, it comes with its difficulties, and we, we you know, we, we've got certain people um, on furlough and stuff like that. But we, we we're doing okay. But we sat at around ten. Um, okay, cool. we, that accountant as well okay cool so why did you join chris so obviously out of those four businesses chris obviously mm-hmm. it was a business of just him right at that point was it it was um to be honest with you i have no idea i'm joking um it was, <laughs> it was chris his dog and an office that wasn't even i mean he hadn't even renovated the office at this point so it was a big a big big gamble for me but i'm all about i was i've always been one for I like a little gamble and this one, this just appealed to me a lot more. Um, I interviewed for a HR cons- uh, recruitment company and I interviewed, and this just, 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 just had something about it. And actually when you, when you meet Chris and, and you, you have, um, he, he's a good guy. And yeah. actually the, we don't know back then that the gamble would pay off. Not at all. Um, but I'm glad I took the job. I, I, I am. And actually it's put me in good stead for the future. Um, and actually I've really enjoyed the ride so far. It's had its troubles. It, it has, you know, we've, we've experienced growing pains. Uh, we've experienced startup pains, but it's, it's been a, it's been a damn good ride. It really has. Mm. So I guess for people, obviously I know you haven't experienced anything else, but I guess like, as we're talking about it, cause I think a lot of people that are either in recruitment now or considering it, Obviously, there is that sort of should I join a bigger big firm or should I join a, a small growing business? For, for me, um, we sort of 
spoken about this quite a bit, but I think for me, I I joined a smaller grown business, and one of the sort of big draw points for me was the the person I joined the owner of the business. I get I got sat sat next to that person, super experienced, and I really felt that. I could learn really easily and, and and from the best people around me. And I had direct access to these people. Yeah. It was a smaller business. So I guess like I'm sure you've had these conversations now, but what, what's your sort of key positives that come up for you when you're talking to people about considering a recruitment job in a smaller grand business? Would you say what have been the key positives for you in the six year period? Well, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it was, I looked at it as though, I mean, Chris, Chris has got the experience, right? He spent, he he'd spent 10 years on the market before I even entered the world of recruitment. And I thought, okay, this is my opportunity to sit next to the man himself, sit next to the man that's already built a, a Dutch engineering division and actually learn. Mm. And actually, you know, I was accountable. I was responsible for a lot. Um, I, I mean, back then, the only responsibility I had was, kind of whether I had enough, uh, you know, whether I had a, a clean pair of boxes in the drawer and a pair of socks. <laughs> um, and you know what? It was scary, but it was empowering. And I, I learned a lot from Chris because, you know, it, I was sat next to him. Chris, yeah. how do I do this? And actually watching and listening, that's where I picked it all up. And it just kind of went from there. And I found that I had a knack for it. Um, and actually, till this day, I still enjoy um, the, the, the full process. I still enjoy the 360 process. Um and yeah, it's it's it was it was the, the the idea that I could join somebody in a smaller company where I would get the training and you know kind of not micromanagement. It was just I knew that I would get the support needed. Yeah, I think Chris tries to install. Um, we we have we're not a big company, so we don't have the 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 L and D department. But Chris is a big believer that he will. You know, we we have external trainers in, and we try and give everybody. Chris Chris always says. Um, I will give every person that joins this business all the tools to to make money and yeah. to a career. And actually, we do we we, we do we do that and and then some. Mm, awesome. Okay, so always interested to hear about people's first year in recruitment because it's normally really difficult. So you and Chris, the dog, in an unrenovated um, office. Obviously, mm-hmm. you haven't worked in recruitment before. Doug car sales, which obviously is a real different type of sale, right? Um, I mean, I, I came, I came from a insurance sales background, which was super transactional. If I didn't close that person on the phone, I won't hear nothing again. So for me, the sort of draw going into recruitment was the sort of consultative side and a longer sales process, learning how to do that and more consultative and obviously making more money, more, uh, bigger deal values, all those types of things. So I guess, but my first year was really difficult. It, obviously all I heard about was the good things. In, in recruitment right before I, I got into it so I guess what did that first year look like for you Sam what went on in that first year it, it was it was difficult um but it was it was it was highly rewarding um I I said to myself if I was going to take this opportunity that I was going to put everything into this opportunity yeah and I, and I, I sensed it the moment I walked through that door don't get me wrong times have changed a little bit now I, I used to although it was just me and Chris I used to walk into the office. Um, well, I'd like to say suited and booted, but it was more like jeans and a blazer and a shirt. Every single day, I'd, come up, I'd turn up and I'd be ready to work. It was difficult. The first six months, I say it to everybody, the first six months uh, should be the most difficult. Uh, it should be the most difficult job you've ever had. But once you've rode that six months, it then becomes the best job. It, it's all about what you put in, right? Uh, what you put in, what you put out, and. 
Martin and Chris's focus was to grow the team to, 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 to free and actually just to get as much money on the board, to, to tell you the truth. Back then, you know, uh, an 8,000 euro deal was a big thing. Uh, Chris used to do one. I used to do one. And then... How Chris long did it take little... to do your first deal? Uh, I did it in 20... I, I remember this and I'll never forget it. I did it in 29 days. 29 days? 29 <laughs> days. I did my first deal. Love um, that. What, what, did you, what did you build in your first year? Uh, my so I, I started in the June so I always look at it kind of what I did be, uh, I started in the June uh, and yeah. I, I do June to June because that was my first six yeah, months yeah. so in that first months I did 47,000 euros and I blanked once I believe um, not bad so that, is it? I, I did 47,000 euros um, in a market um, <laughs> I had five months of sales experience before and <laughs> how obviously obviously Chris would have helped you a lot right but I guess people maybe now thinking about opening up new markets or doing it like like I guess what did you focus on Sam was it the candidate side that you really focused on or was you straight bringing in jobs like what was the focus in those first six months that helped you achieve that do you think well, we, it, was, it, it has to be BD for me. And Chris said to me, actually, I think back then it was, you, you can't, we don't, I don't want you to work a candidate until you've got your first five jobs on. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to work, you know, I don't want you to work a candidate. And I quickly got that on. I quickly started working processes. But I did something <laughs> that Chris still, uh, it, it was quite clever for me until this day. So Chris gave me a market um, and it was PHP. And actually, I thought it was tough. And I couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't grasp it. So what I did was I kind of switched to front-end development and I was doing a few things in front-end development, keeping PHP running. And then I said to Chris, look, I'm going to go in with front-end development because I had I had a load of candidates, I had a busy pipeline, I had a lot of jobs coming through. And since then, um, I, I mean, it was a good switch. And I, I haven't looked back. I, I work in the, the, the JavaScript ecosystem now uh, from, from then on, but still do a bit of PHP. But... JavaScript was uh, that's my bread and butter. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, so you ended up so you ended up pivoting slightly and started focusing yeah. on something a bit different. I, and, I, I seen a gap. I seen a gap in the market, and I, I took it with both hands. So, how did you start bringing them jobs, mate? Like, I know it sounds simple and basic, right? But I think one of the most common um, topics, questions that people ask me to speak to people like you about is, is business development look you, you you now have people around you in, in the office and have done and that, that typically can be the sort of part of the 360 role that people find most difficult yeah. I definitely found that quite difficult early on and I mean as you, as you said like was in car sales five month sales experience and then you're you're calling tech firms in Amsterdam and Netherlands or even in Germany at that point like what yeah how did you how did you bring these people on what what was the approach or was there any sort of plan uh there, there was a plan well i had my own plan but to be honest with you it was it was about picking up the phone and i never i never dwelled on a bad call because i i always thought that to you know tomorrow's a new day and actually that bad call that you just had they're not going to remember you tomorrow so call them back <laughs> tomorrow i just i had I, I always went in with a structured plan uh, an a4 piece of paper and had my leads on it and i had that to go and i just relentlessly just kept going through it and kept going through it and and and, and with that i mean it's very difficult to build up market knowledge straight away but i started uh, 
connecting the dots and I started really learning my market and I still to the day I, I know my market inside out and back to front I really do am I an engineer no but I know and when, yeah market. when you say that what do you mean are you like you're saying I know the the firms that are growing the fastest I know where where the good opportunities are for front-end developers or like what when you say you know your market inside out what do you actually yeah. mean by that I, I, I'm, I'm quite uh, a spreadsheet oriented, so I, I have my top, I have top 50 candidates, I track where they move, where they're going, um, sometimes what, what posts I've interacted with, um, I'm always looking at companies and their growth and what they're doing and, and actually talking to people. A lot of people don't give some people the time of day, but I, I'm, I'm one of those that do and actually try and information uh, retrieval, right? Try and get as much out of this call whatever I can and build build my market knowledge to to go to the next candidate with to 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 hit the next client uh, you know look, I'm working with these guys and, and I've done a good job here and almost build use cases uh, and kind of share that with them um, and and that's how I did it but I, I learned my market inside that we, we sponsor a lot of events as well so I tried to get involved that way um, by sponsoring front end meetups and stuff like that and just so people knew that I could give a little bit back but also always relevant and I, did, I wasn't you know I know the difference between Yara and JavaScript which a lot of recruiters don't <laughs> uh, just knowing just knowing okay knowing the market inside out and back to front um, it's not an easy thing to do but I, I would I would I would say to anybody you've got to do that if, you, if you're going to do well what what went on in the next six months then Sam so I had a, had a pretty good start considering never done that market before you mm-hmm. and Chris what what went on in the next six months did you did you get the third person in then or was it still you and Chris or yes so we did so 2015 um, I believe we made our next hire um, in the I can't remember maybe January cool. February time yeah um, and you know we just we just kept building and building we. I, We've made some bad hires, uh, but we've made some fantastic hires as well. Um, and that, that's part of the team problems that you have going forward. But for me, I had one job, and that was to put as much on the board as possible. Um, Chris dealt with um, you know, the internal interviews and stuff like that and growing the team. So he was more on the upside. I was the guy that I'm just going to get you as much money on that board as possible. Um, 2015 was a good year. Um, I think I finished on... Think Chris just beat me that year. Um, I finished on one forty-seven, and I think he got one fifty. Well, and that, that's on top of that's on top of the sort of fifty grand you did in the six months. That's like a whole, yeah, yeah. So six months. Yeah, so that's January to January. Then I think I did a hundred. Mate, that's, that's class. So yeah, pretty much. So yeah, in your first year, pretty much all to yeah, all in all, yeah, yeah over hundred grand, right? Brand new market. Like what? I mean, you you clearly strike me as someone that's. Um, resilient or I've got, got the mindset of like I'm going to make this happen I'm going to sort of get up and go attitude right where 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 did that come from I I have I have no idea um <laughs> it wasn't from my parents nothing it really wasn't but I, I, I believe that I, I go in, I've got to go into I do the same with everything right I go in with, with with both barrels I go in this is what I want to do and this is what I want to achieve and and actually uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity and I wanted to impress as well and Chris always said look if, if you play this right you, you could be a cornerstone mm. and and, and and actually, I have become a cornerstone, and I just wanted to. I wanted to. I could see that I could do it, and I wanted to. Con- I wanted to constantly improve every day, something different, try different things. Um, I'm, I was never. I was one of the worst people Chris has ever took on on the phone. Isha. I was. I was awful. I've got a very, very strong accent. Uh, I couldn't piece sentences together, and I just had to, to pick it up and, and continually just develop myself. 
Um, and actually, you know, culturally, the Netherlands is a, is a different place. And I had to learn. I really did have to learn, but it's, it's worked out right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess just to sort of wrap up this first year, mate, I guess you, you've now seen people in the business go through their first year and maybe help them through that, be involved with that, see things. I guess sort of looking back now, you're six years into your recruitment career, right? Like look at, looking back now, hindsight, what for those people that maybe in that first year found it difficult or are finding it challenging right now, what, what's your sort of go-to advice for people in that first year? Um, uh, resilience is, is one thing, um, but I have this thing, I call it, I, I, it's battle ready. Uh, I say, look, you, you, you've got to be, you've got to go in, you've got to go in fighting all times. You know, you're going to have bad calls, you're going to have good calls. Celebrate your small wins as well. Um, I don't do that enough now, uh, you know, because I think, okay, you know, yeah. I can do it. When you, when you, what, what's a small win for you? Like, what do you make sure that the guys celebrate when they're early on? What's a small well, win really, for you? It's not even, you know, what information did you get out of that, that person or, you mm. know, an interview is a small win for me. Um, you know, talk, just talking to the right person. Um, you know, I'm a big believer. Just, just the small wins, the, the little things that people forget to celebrate. It's not all about doing a deal or you know getting six interviews that week. Actually, celebrate. You know, I mean, for example, think that last week I had I had some conversations with companies I never thought I'd be able to get in with. All San Francisco-based uh, companies huge enterprises, and and yet I'm, I'm there talking to the director of Google, and that for me. Yeah, that's buzzing. not a small win. That's a bloody big win. Yeah, yeah. Just kind yeah. of celebrating small wins. Yeah, I think really important to. Yeah, definitely celebrating. Just celebrating good conversations or people getting back to you or getting through to people is is definitely mm-hmm. a great small win to celebrate. So resilience. So when you say battle ready, are you so are you talking about making sure that you're set up for the day, know what your intentions are, know what your goals are for the week, or I don't know yeah. what what you? Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what I mean. You, you've got to be ready. Come in with the right mindset. Come in with your, your, your day plan. Come in with whatever you need to. I, I, I'm a big believer. I don't often finish work and go. I've had a bad day. I always think, you know what? I've achieved what I wanted to do. Um, and, and you know, go out, go out with that objective. Go out to achieve something. Your day is going to change. Um, there, there are many variables, but go out there and achieve what you want to do. And I, I think, as, as, <laughs> as old school as it is, I still write the same on the same A4 piece of paper every single day what I've got to do and what I, I think is a good day in, in my books. Yeah. What, yeah. what my what my business needs, but what my desk needs and, and what I need to do to make sure there's money on the board. Yeah, I love that. So I'm, it may or may not have evolved, as you just said, but one of the most common subjects or topics that people want to know is um, how do people structure their days? So I guess j- just for context, we'll go into it. But over the six years, I know it's not all about this, but I think because the reason why I want to sort of add this is because a lot of people... So a typical, so two things. First thing, a lot of people want to know about the structure of people's days, right? But secondly, people want to know people structured day who are billing over 200K, 300K, whatever the number is. But ultimately, a real big topic that people ask is, Hisham, I've built 180K, 150K, 160K for the last two years, three years. And I'm just really finding it hard to get to push through that glass ceiling. And a lot of the time people want to know, how does Sam, the 250K biller or whatever it may be, structure his day? Does he do anything differently? What's his process? What's his structure, right? So I guess one, what's your structure? And I guess just emphasis that. What, what, what's what been your best performing year, mate, over the last six years? 
And we'll break uh, it down, but it will just help with context, if you don't yeah, mind. Okay. So my best performing year was 2019. Uh, it was last year, and I built 367,000. Yeah. And it was a fantastic year, a really good year for, for everybody in the business. And it wasn't just me that did well, but that was my best year. And it comes down to don't get complacent. Uh, really, yeah. Just don't get complacent. There was a time where... I, I had to reflect a lot on 2018. I thought I did I did some good figures. I think I built about 270, and I thought, you know, I could have done more. So I, I stripped it back, and I thought, well, how could I have done more? Well, what I had was a, a pool of good uh, um, clients that I, I nurtured, and I had good relationships. But what I stopped doing is the business development as much. So I okay. still do the business, but it wasn't um, it wasn't to the intensity that I would before. So what I did was I went into 2019 and I said, look, okay, I've got the clients. I know I can build X, Y, Z, but how, how can I how can I stretch that? How can you add another 100K, 50K? Where can I get that from, right, to increase it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and that was it. And it, it boils down to relationships. You've got to have some good relationships. So for, so for you, it came from new business rather than am I maximizing the relationships that I have? Was it more than yeah. – do you, do you put that extra 100K on top down to – the new business rather than yes I do, yeah. I, I really new business but also quite rightly maximizing um the maximizing the opportunity for the business um and, and what i wanted to do was um maximize it for, for everybody and i brought uh, whilst i built probably 367 something like that i probably brought in 200 for everybody else um and that's what i, I really kind of focused myself i had targets from chris as well um in order to get to director and that's what i really wanted to kind of do um and yeah in relationships but continually spinning these plates continually making yeah. sure that yeah you've got, you've got a good client and they want to take on 20 people through you but actually yeah, yeah. No, mate that's that's awesome a lot, a lot of people were a lot of people will be listening to that and go how the fuck has he done that like how has he got to that because a lot of people may not think that's possible right and i think because i've had this conversation with a lot of people where it's like i've built 280k 200 whatever the number is but it's very easy to go that's as much as i can do out of the relationships i have but it's it's been having the humility to reflect look at well where are the opportunities what what have i become complacent with um so I'm, i'm keen to really dig more into that but i guess you can talk about 2018, 2019, maybe, or, or whatever. But what what did a typical Sam's day look like then? Let's break it down. I'll, I'll dig just before I go into that. I'll dig into that a little bit more. So what really helped me, and I'll be completely honest, we took on a guy that's uh, kind of uh, exclusively focused on candidate delivery. So what, oh, okay. I, what I was able to do was uh, focus on the BD, uh, whether would be lapsed or whether it would be new um, and actually I knew that this guy was, was feeding me these candidates and it just made my job easier because okay. I, I love candidate work but what it enabled me to do is have uh, I, I went to market with my products okay look, I've got I've got these guys do you want to see them kind of thing um, and that that's what really really helped to tell you the truth. And then did you not have that in 2018? Uh, no. Uh, you was doing both? I, I, Think he, no, I think he just started. Uh, I think he just started. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember. Oh. yeah. So that, that's that. Okay, well, let's definitely dig into that because I think that that's obviously an important factor, right? Um, mm-hmm. But just quickly, structure. What, what did a typical Sam day look like? Busy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, to, I know, I know. You may think, are people do people actually care about this? But they do. So, like, mm. what? So, what? You, you get in the office. What's the first thing you're doing? Like, how did you break up your day? 
Yeah, so I, I I always have a day plan. So go in with a structured day plan. This is this is what I need to do. Um, and in the, you, for me, the Netherlands, um, I mean, they're an hour ahead. So you have to proactively plan out your day, right? Um, yeah. When you're in the office at half past seven, it's half past eight there. So you need to be hitting them job boards or whatever you've got. Respond to anything that, that's coming over the night, applications, whatever. But as soon as, soon as kind of eight o'clock comes, which is nine o'clock their time, you need to be hitting, you, you need to be hitting the BD. And I like to, I'm a big fan of going to market with, with a, I say a product. It's probably with the candidates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I go, to, I go to market with a candidate and I don't stop until I've got that candidate three, four interviews. I'm a big believer. I always say to them, how many interviews do you want? If they tell me five, I'll get them five. If they want three, we'll get them three. Um, and, and they don't stop till till I've done that. But the structure is simple, busy. Get on, uh, use your phone. We're, we're too. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of technology out there now. You've got your, you've got your video technology and stuff like that. Now there is a time and a place, and it works really well. But fundamentally, the bare basics will always work, and it's important okay. that we, we start on the phone. So you're getting in, looking at the job boards, looking at stuff that's come in, and then what I mean, you're doing, what, BD from what, eight, eight, nine till 12, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm talking from, from, from eight o'clock till about 11 o'clock because 11 o'clock of there is their lunch time. And then that's where I'll do my admin, schedule my interviews, uh, put some, put job orders on, put the, I, I, I hate admin, so I'm pretty poor at it, but that's where I try and get my admin on and get, yeah, yeah. you know, anything that's coming, anything that's relevant in the day. And then what? And then off. And then off the admin lunch. What are we doing? Candidate. Uh, BD. Really? Yeah. BD. It's, yeah, it's slightly different now, but I'm talking what a normal day would typically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. Again, for a couple of hours. Well, just quickly, what what does a sound preparation look like? Because, like, for me, what when I always think back, even even now with my own business, right? When I have when I block out a time to do a BD session, and that's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. like when I've I've always maximized that time when I've like prepared like who who I'm going to call like what I'm going to do blah 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 so I guess it'd be interesting to talk about that for a sec like what does a sound prep because like you're doing that for a long period so you must it's you can't just sort of be willy-nilly just like all right I'm going to call this person I'm going to call that so I guess what when you're going into that time what have mm-hmm. you prepared have you got a list of people that you want to speak to have you got I don't know a, um a search on the go on LinkedIn and the hiring managers that you're reaching out to, like what, what did you make sure you got prepared for that BD session and that time? Yes. So no day ever looks the same. I'm really religious with my calendar. So I always plan callbacks. If I'd had a positive call uh, or just a, a good conversation, I'll give me a call back tomorrow. I'm in a meeting or blah, blah, blah. Um, whilst I would battle then actually sometimes it's a case of, do you know what? I'll give him a call back tomorrow and see if I can catch him at a better time. Do you Please. look those in? because that's come up a few times so like if some if you call me and i go look sam it's not busy time blah 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 it's not a good time call me back tomorrow are you saying okay sam what time uh okay yeah yeah i'd be like yeah okay uh what what time works for you uh towards the end of the day and i'd make sure i'd hear to that call every single time because actually punctuality is is one thing and and actually do you know what there's multiple touch points you know okay he was busy yesterday. He probably doesn't even remember you. I'm the guy that called yesterday. Um, and just just keep 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 feeling. Uh, you know, you've got to keep mm. feeling. It has to be touch points because, you know, you, you, the thing is, you, you don't know what people are doing. People are in meetings. People are busy. People are on lunch. And, you know, you've got to deal with that. And I'm, I'm religious on my calendar. I put everything in my calendar. Follow this up. Talk about this. Uh, just just pointless for me to go at. Really? 
and then and then yeah, yeah. and then and then do you go to the to that time with like target lists and all that then do you plan all that out yeah plan everything out um i always i used to plan myself a certain uh we used to do mail outs uh to to, to clients now it's a little bit more um there's a lot more. You, it, it, they don't really work as they used to uh, four or five years ago. Um, but now it's 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 fairly kind of targeted approach. We're doing a lot of marketing campaigns, um, and really it, for me, it's 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 going with the relevant knowledge. Um, and the beauty I have at the minute is because I've worked with a lot of people in the Netherlands. I have the content to go. Look, I'm working with you. I'm working with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that uh, your competitors. And actually, you get you get talked about, and referrals for me uh, are where a lot of our business comes from at the moment. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Um, so, what what would be good? Like, it'd be great if you could just share and talk about your sort of experience. I know you mentioned it earlier loosely, but sort of people might be listening who are in the process of building out a new desk or building out a new market. Might be in the UK, might not be, but I think. I mean, we had loads of conversation in this podcast or I spoke to a lot of people who were really keen on opening up an American market or ju- just international markets, right? So I guess mm-hmm. what, what's what been your learnings through that? I think you said earlier, obviously, the Amsterdam, Netherlands culture and markets obviously totally different. But mm-hmm. what, what's been your learnings through that, mate, for people that might be early on in that? How, like, how was that? How was there real pushback on... Sam, a recruiter from the UK, helping me and Netherlands scale up, or I don't know what. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, there was, a, I mean, English recruiters don't have the best rap as it, as it is, and actually going into a, a, a foreign market where you know the, the best, the, the the best thing I like about the Dutch um, is they are straight to the point and almost a bit kind of ah bloody yeah that that one hurt, and you have to have a bit of fun with it, play with yeah. it because you know you, you're going to get knocked back. You're going to get knocked back a lot. Um, but fundamentally, you know, you keep going. Um, and actually, I learned quite quickly that these guys are direct. And actually, do you know what? I need to be a little bit of direct, but I need to have fun with it. Have a joke on the phone. Leave them something Leave them something to, to remember you by. Uh, and make sure you never – look, 2% of jobs are pulled on the first call. Uh, 2%, I think it is. And actually, it, 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 there's multiple touch points. I think if you're touching base five, six times – that's where you, you increase your chances of pulling out a job. So have fun with it. They're not going to remember you. Have fun with it and, and follow with the, the right, right, right stuff. Mm. I think, I know, I know, obviously, I know we said that we'd um, sort of segue into this later on, but I think it's been one of the most, again, just common topics that people want to know about right now in terms of like and I know this is something that obviously clearly you're passionate about and is one of your strongest skill sets in terms of new business, win new clients business development people like it, i've had so many questions on how people are approaching that now so let's definitely talk about it mate because mm-hmm. we're talking about different touch points we're talking about two percent of jobs get pulled on the first call like what what does what does business development look like for you now and sort of how have you had to maybe adjust or like how are you approaching it that maybe people could sort of benefit from because i think that's definitely a challenge right now for a lot of people even more so mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I it's it's simple. Uh, I've stayed busy. I've not let this uh, define my day or my week. Uh, and actually, I've seen uh, there's a lot of positives uh, behind 
doing this. I mean, not just the fact that I'm at home with my son, but actually everybody's in the same situation. Um, so everybody's mindful. Everybody are going through their own, are going through this in their own way. Um, so I, I used it as a time to kind of really build a solid foundation, um, a time to innovate, try different things. Uh, and most of all, really what people want is they want support. They don't want a hard sell. They want support and they want you to share relevant market knowledge. You know, oh, you know, your competitor, they're on board in this way or they've just lost this amount of people. You, recruiters are a fountain of knowledge, like it or not. We're talking to people all day, every day. And if you take that information on board, you can go to market and really share it with people. Um, and and to, to be honest, I'm busier now than, than I've ever been. I'm on the phone all day. My, my phone time is well, so what You found more people are more accessible. 100%. Anybody that tells you different is 100%. Everybody sat at home in their, in their, sweat, uh, in their sweatpants <laughs> and you phone them and, you know, you catch them off guard a little bit, but I've had some of the best conversations. And really what, what, what are you talking to these people about, Sam? Because, like, like if, if, if you call me and I'm going, look, Sam, we're not hiring. Like, we can't even think about that right now. What, 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 like, because I think a lot of challenges, right? The sort of common challenges that I'm hearing from recruiters right now is that, like, again, back to sort of celebrating wins or whatever, the sort of wins might have changed slightly because Sam, maybe three, six months ago, might have made 20, had those call times and pulled X amount of jobs. But now you're putting in the same output, but not, but might not be getting the same wins as you're used to. Do you know what I mean? So I guess. What what are you making? What are you doing? And what what are your intentions in these calls to make sure that you're maximising that call time and those opportunities? Well, look, I'm being a consultant rather than you know I'm being a consultant. I am. It's a soft sell for me, always. In fact, what I've I've stopped doing is going for the jobs. Don't even speak about. I don't even speak about them. It's look, you know, I, I've come across your, your 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 company today. Read a bit about you. Actually, I'm working with these guys. Share some share some relevant stuff, um, and then just ask, you know, how, how are you doing? You know, how, how are things? You know, how have the team adjusted to the new way of life? Um, and find out a little bit about them. They want support, and what we've been doing is sharing. We've got a few white papers that we've created, a bit of marketing stuff, um, how we're combating COVID, how we're still helping people on board. Uh, we also, what I did, which was quite nice, we had a health and mindfulness coach. Chris Chris employed somebody to, to kind of have an hour with us all. And I took that content. Uh, it really helped me. And what I've done is share it. It's starting to be kind of... Uh, gimmick I know I don't really know what the word is but it sounds a bit what but I went to market and said look I've got this if you want to share it with your team and, and it was, people were so receptive because it wasn't oh this this guy's calling me for some jobs it's actually this guy genuinely cares he's sharing he's sharing best practices and, and wants to know a little bit about us and I all these calls I've put back in my diary but actually it's really worked it, it really worked with people and I've got some fantastic jobs from it I really have Mm. So, so yeah, so you haven't been leading with jobs. You've yeah, it's been how are you doing? What's going on? You've been a human. You're sharing sort of what you guys are doing, how you're adapting, and hopefully that gives value and helps other people and helping that lead the conversation. And yeah, as you said, naturally that can lead to oh, by the way, Sam, what do you guys do? And can you help me with this or da da da? Yeah, soft sell always. They, they they want they want you to they they want you to time is one thing, but they want you to. They want you to help them. Um, you know, not everybody's used to this, this tricky situation. We, we haven't mastered it by far. We, we've had our own problems during this. But um, 
you know, if we can share content and, and really help these people out, um, even whether it's, okay, so, you know, you, you've had to let a few of your team members go. I'll, I'll happily help them for free if you want. Just just showing that you're there to support and it's, mm. it's not selling always. Um, that's how I find it works. It's not masterstroke. It's not, but that's what's worked for me. And yeah. staying busy, uh, staying busy. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think whoever whoever's listening, like, don't underestimate the amount of people that aren't trying to really put in the outputs right now like you are, Sam. I think a lot of, obviously, I only work with recruiters and a lot of people have sort of shared the conversations they've had with me where they've called clients, they've called target clients and, they, and they've and they've um, replied going, Sam, you're the first recruiter that's called me during this yeah. what's going on do you know what i mean so i think if you're listening right now and you're like yeah it makes sense but honestly don't you may think everyone's approaching like sam is but they're not <laughs> do you know what i mean so like really don't underestimate the importance of being busy and even if that is as you're saying sam checking in speaking to people people will remember what you do and the actions you take during this period do you know what I mean? Are they going to remember the recruiter, Sam, that called them, shared the mindfulness stuff, shared, tried to share value during this period? Are they going to, are they going to want to speak to someone that calls them and says, hey, you know, we spoke back in March before this went on. How are you doing? Do you know what I mean? So you've got to create additional value. You, you've got to create additional value. And, and, and that's how what, what that's how we've it's really worked for us. Chris is doing the same, Dom's doing the same, it's really it's really worked wonders. And you know, there is a time and a place to to, to sell a CV and to do that selling call, but um help 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 them out, you know. Mm. Help them out. So mm. People remember it, right? I think I think that's the okay, mate. Love that. So I guess um what what I'd be keen, I know we really sort of dived into business development there, but I know a lot of people get value out of that. I guess what what I'd love to sort of just unpack a bit more. I know you mentioned about your billings journey and increasing performance. I guess, and this can tie into it, but why do you think Sam has become a cornerstone of this business? I think look, a huge percentage of the recruitment industry is sub ten staff, smaller grown businesses. Um, but why do you think? you're the person that really grabbed the opportunity with both hands. And what, what did you do to ensure you became that cornerstone in this business? And, and how, like, because I, I, I want people to know and hear about how you've done it because they, they can learn from that and, and do it themselves and really grab those opportunities that they have in these, in, in recruitment businesses, right? So I guess what, why, 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 yeah, why did you, why have you become that cornerstone? Um, I wanted it. I wanted it more than anybody else, and anybody that wanted to compete, I wanted to be better, and I wanted to, and, I, and and actually, I wanted to really to support Chris. And there was a lot of things I wanted to learn, and to to learn those, I needed to adapt, and I needed to keep helping Chris, so he had the time to give me. Um, so that that was my that was that was that was how I wanted to to kind of and, um, to do was, things. Was you always, so like did you did you always have the mindset of it? This is, I want to treat like it's my own business. Yes. Yeah, um, from from day one because I've all, I always I always wanted my own business um, and Chris kind of gave me that opportunity to, to 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 have that. I mean, running your own desk is one thing, but having an influence and the influence I've been able to have was fantastic. And I really I, I don't think I'm a, a good manager, but I do think I'm a good role model. Um, I, I like to. I like to. I basically bleed green, right? <laughs> I do. Um, I, I, I bleed the, the TRC colours. Um, Love that. And I just want. I want. I wanted it, and I wanted to role model, and I wanted to show other people what uh, you know a kid that had five months' experience at Peugeot could could do, uh, and what they could do, and what they mm. could achieve as well. 
So I wanted to, but, and I still did, want to do. Did Did you make this really clear to Chris as well? Like, did you commu- did you communicate this and say, "Look, Chris, this is what I want. This is the, this is the opportunity I want. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do." Did you over communicate that? Yeah, probably every month. Uh, so asking, important. When, yeah. when, when, when's my next promotion? When are you going to do that? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I wanted it all and I wanted it quick and I wanted it quicker than everybody else. But at the same time, um, I, I, I wanted to, to support Chris and, and build a business actually. And, and I think we've done that. We've not mastered it. We, there's still a lot to do, but we're in a good place. We're in a really good yeah, no. place. I, lo- I love that, Sam. I, I think it's so important forever listening. If you're in a business right now and you're, and you've got the mentality like Sam has, you, you want to own part of the business you're in like make it clear really over communicating and show that's what you want and, and and i think this is one of the great things about the industry people will reward it if you work for a good recruitment entrepreneur then why would you not want someone like you in the business do you know what i mean and why would they not want to encourage you to want that and, and give you the platform and the tools to do that um so i guess obviously we've spoken a lot about a lot of positives clearly a positive guy what you mentioned there that probably not the best manager so what, what what have been the challenges for you, Sam, that you've learned from? What what have been some of the biggest challenges for you in this journey? Um, what are the biggest challenges? Um, I've learned. See, I I I, I come from. I, I had I was a dispatch manager for for UPS, and I had twenty eight drivers, and I, I thought I could manage. But actually, when you get into the world of recruitment, everybody's you know everybody wants to be that you know big pillar. Everybody has a an attitude. We're salesmen, right? We we have to. Um, and I realised quite quickly that um, Chris can build a team around me, but I don't know whether I could build the team. And and I think that's how we you know I go out and. and Put the figures on the board. I go out and get the business and I pass it down. And what I want is, you know, maybe a full service delivery team underneath me because I could bring in that much business. Can I manage? I don't think I've really. I, I suppose me and Chris manage together, but Chris picks up a lot more of the upside, and I do the other stuff. You know, um, so I learned quite quickly that I don't think that's my forte, but it's something that I have improved on and will continue to improve on. Mm. I think um, a lot. I think a lot of people. <laughs> A lot of people fall into that boat, mate. You're not alone in that. I guess what what are some of the things that you had to change about yourself? So I'm assuming was it Sam that you wanted to be the best, you wanted to be the top of the pile, which sometimes causes a bit of friction internally when it's a can be obviously it's a smaller grand business. Like I don't know what yeah. what did you have to learn to be better at? Did you did you always want to take the limelight from people? Like what did you have to learn to get better at? It wasn't the limelight for me. Uh, you got that naturally, but. I, it, for me, I'm very, very, very competitive. Um, <laughs> I, I don't care if somebody's 200k ahead of me, you'll be sure that I'm going to be up there. Like, I, I wanted to be up there, you know? Um, and it, it, that was just the... the There's been challenges uh, that they had. But for me, I'm naturally very competitive. And sometimes I have to rein that in. Uh, I really do because my, my passion you can see it and actually sometimes it's a bit much because people yeah. not everybody's the same you know Chris says that you can't have a room full of directors uh, you know that's what he said everybody's different people go about their different way some people go home and slouch in front of the TV every day I don't I go home and I'll go to the gym or I do something with my little boy or I'm always doing something I have to be always doing something um Okay. Yeah, it's uh, there's, there's a few lessons I have to <laughs> learn and write myself. <laughs> yeah, no, love that. Uh, that's so, cool. I guess what um, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on like, look, obviously, because you're in a obviously um growing business, you get obviously you can really see people around you. Like, what 
from your perspective, what do you see in recruiters early on in their journey or as they go on that you think sort of sometimes prevents them from taking their billings or performance to the next level? What are the sort of common pitfalls that you've seen in people that are at the business or have sort of come and gone? What are the typical things that you've seen that you think yeah. prevented people taking their performance to the next level, do you think? Um, work ethic. Um, I don't think everybody has the same work ethic. I think at least... I don't think recruitment can ever be a job. Um, mm. it, it, it's a lifestyle and you need to live and you need to breathe it and you need to take it home with you. Um, and you need to, you need to, you need to do everything you can uh, with it. You know, I think people get complacent. Some people, you know, you, you could have the best year, you know, new people have come in, did a, have done a hundred thousand, not just, I've seen it at friends, businesses and stuff as well, but people get complacent. I've done that. I've, I've achieved but what else are you going to do? You've done your 100K. What about your 150 next year and your 200 next year? Yeah. You've got to keep active. You keep learning. And I said this to you earlier on. Um, keep learning your market. It will change. My cha- my market changes every six months um, because there's a new framework out there. It's something else. Keep learning and, and keep innovating. Trying different things. Always try different things because for me, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm. No, that's really interesting, mate. So I guess to sort of... Um... On that point then, like what, in hindsight, what what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now early on in Sam's recruitment career, do you think? What would you say to Sam early on, knowing what you know now? Uh, what would I say to myself? Um, do exactly what you've done. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it's all, it's all about mindset, right? Um, and I... Did you... Did you, did you just, sorry, sorry to bite mate mindset that that comes up a lot on this right in terms of what what's the difference between a 200k biller to a 300 plus typically is it going to be that you spend more 30 minutes more sending in mails or something like that probably not it, it is that mindset work effort these types of things so i guess let's just talk about that for a sec like what, what's been your journey with mindset mate As i know you said obviously earlier on definitely didn't get it from your parents and you're clearly someone that mm-hmm. wants it you're competitive but like what did you cultivate your mindset? Like, have you worked on yourself? What are some yeah, of the things that have helped you? Definitely. For me, it, I have this thing. If I didn't get, if I don't get that one, then I'll get the next one. It just fires me up even more. And I, this, I don't mean to sound arrogant with this, and it's going to sound very arrogant, but um, I genuinely believe that I can outperform everyone. And it, and that, That's that just, and, yeah, you believe in yourself. You fully back that, yourself. Yeah, I, I need that. And not only that, um, I'm a big believer that. You know, whilst I work for that recruitment company, there's also a brand behind that recruitment company, and that's the individual consultant. And I wanted to build a brand within a brand. And it's it's quite evident that when you do that, business comes around. And, you know, it, word of mouth is very, very important. And giving giving candidates and clients alike the best possible service um, is, is something I've always prided myself on because, you know, candidates, what I've learned in this market, candidates become clients and treat everybody the same and do the best you can mm, so so you so very early on you recognize you've got a, you you gave yourself very high standards and always mm-hmm. worked hard to work towards that and never always tried to not drop the bar 100 percent, yeah had to, had to and i needed to make this work for me uh, as well uh, you know I, I was going through a, a time of my own where i, I I was in. I was 21 years of age. Didn't know what I was going to do, and I wanted to make something work. And then when I found I had a knack for this, I went. I went all in, and I wanted to, to continue with it. I love that, mate. As um as we sort of 
come to finish this, mate. Just something that's come up for me, I think. So how old are you now? Sorry, if you don't ask him. 27, yeah. yeah. So you've got, got a young family. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, earned, earned quite a bit of cash along the way, right? What, what do yeah, you mean? Okay. <laughs> what, um, like, because look, I think recruitment, going into it, yeah, you, obviously you can buy all these nice things, go on nice holidays, I'd be for all this stuff, right? But what, what just out of interest, mate, because I, I don't think enough people speak about it. What's been your, I think more people are speaking about it now, but what, what's been your sort of journey in, finances like did you start investing in property or like i don't know what what did you did, like have you learned learn any learnings there because the, the way sam spent his money early 24 25 i don't know might have been a bit different but like what's been your sort of journey in the sort of assets and things that you built for yourself because uh, yeah. talk about yeah if I, uh, I said to you earlier on that i'm a bit of a dull boy and believe it or not i'm not even joking if, if somebody across the road said to me now do you want to clean my car for 50 pound i'd do it i, I don't <laughs> I've always been the same sort of person Um, you know this is this is quite a challenging um, I mean you know full-time director role uh, within a a young business I've got two nearly three-year-old son I've got one on the way in four weeks so it's a busy time I've got a pregnant uh, missus that always needs chocolate and (laughs) then I went and committed myself to an 874 mile cycle it's you know keeping busy but how did, I, how did I spend my money? Um, I guess I invested in uh, a house early on. I think I bought my first house at 22. Um, I got it for a, a decent price, and we just moved into a new house now. And I'm not a spender, Hisham. I like to yeah. save money. And Love that. I will, I will save anywhere I can. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think that's awesome. Because I think you always hear about people splashing the cash and all this. And I think, like, do you know what I mean? A lot of people in your shoes could have just pissed it all up the wall and that means that in in situations like this now young family you might have put yourself in a difficult situation right so i think it's great to talk about that at least mm-hmm. and i guess young family then sam how's that been for you mate that's like let's not take that lightly do you know what i mean well how's that journey been whilst being a recruiter and family life personal life how have you how have you gone about juggling that how's that been Oh, challenging. Um, yeah, I mean, it really has. I mean, yeah, Archie's uh, he's, he's free this month, um, but we decided to take this time to potty train. I won't go into <laughs> any details. Um, challenging. Um, and then Ella's about to pop. Um, you know, she's we've got another one on the way, but it, it's been good. You know, it, it keeps it keeps you level headed, and actually it gives you it gives you more for me. Give me. I, I want to give him everything I didn't. Uh, I didn't get, and it doesn't just mean you know he'll he'll have the ladies trainers. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. To that, You know the, the stable family environment. Uh, if he needs something, he gets it. If he needs to go to extra classes at school, he gets it. And and that's yeah. what I, I always wanted to provide. Did, for, for did him. you and did you find yourself have just out of interest? Did mm-hmm. you find because this is I've read this and heard this quite a few times, but Sam's drive before you had Archie compared to when you had Archie. Did it, did it level up? Did it increase? Was your drive even more? I don't know. What? Um, it, it, I guess it did increase a little bit. It didn't change too much, but it did okay. increase uh, because actually I needed more money to, to put clothes on the back to truth. Nobody tells you how expensive they are. They come with nappies and, and, and cots and, and all this <laughs> stuff. And now he eats me out of Arsenal. Um, but no, it, Give me more of a drive, I suppose. But to be honest, I've always been the same. Uh, and I just want to make sure that 
like I said, that they, they have everything they need. And actually, you know, I support my partner and everything and, and there's no, no, no issues. I think. Yeah. That's, I love that, mate. No, honestly, that's awesome. Um, so before we finish then, you mentioned mm-hmm. it just there. Why did you decide to raise money and how cycle however many miles? Like, what the hell went on there, mate? <laughs> well, I'm a bit batshit crazy, to be honest. <laughs> and when, when I decided that I wanted to do this, you, you're going to laugh. So I've always wanted to do, I've been saying, actually, it was when, when, on, the, on the first, you know, New Year's Day every year, me and my partner, we set aside some targets of what we want for the year. And one of the things was I wanted to do some charity. And I, I come into this, it was a bit of a scary time. And I needed something, to, I needed something else other than work. And I just needed something else to do. And I didn't know what it was. And I thought, ah, what about a sponsored cycle? Now, at the time, I didn't even have an indoor bike, right? I didn't <laughs> have that. It didn't, it, the, the indoor bike come on a Saturday. I started my cycle on the Monday. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do? How far can I go? Originally, I thought, I don't know, I could go a few miles. And then I thought, no, nobody's going to sponsor me for that. I, I need to I need to do some challenging. So that's where I went from John O'Groats to Land's End. And I thought, I, I wanted to, I will do this, uh, in, you know, uh, on the road. But I thought it's, it's never become more apparent that the, the NHS need some support and actually I wanted to show my support that way by cycling three four hours sometimes a day uh, to, to, to get that done and I, I finished it early I've raised a shed load of money thanks to uh, a raise? lot of people uh, I raised just under £1,900 um, that's awesome we've stayed, I think, around £2,100 yeah, yeah, yeah. How, so, how, so how many miles did you cycle? 874 um, <sighs> and how long how lo- over what period? 19 days Mate. 19 days and I was crazy that I did with, with my friends Greg um, and uh, Matthew from other respective kind of uh, recruitment companies um, they did it with me as well because they're both raising money for, for different charities um, so I joined on the last day for a 100 mile finale to uh, to kind of uh, yeah to, to get it done <laughs> but Mate, it was tough yeah. my legs are still hurt <laughs> Sam I love that that's awesome good. so look Fine. I just wanted to give something, give something back here, and that's all. And yeah, I, no, I think that's great. Active. I think that's great. Honestly, good, good on you, mate. I think that's amazing. Um, the final two questions. First one: what What is Sam most excited about when we come out of COVID, come out, come away from coronavirus? What are you most excited to do? I don't know. What 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 comes up for you? What are you most excited for when we start coming out of this? Uh just go and sit in a beer garden and have a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's going to be a new world. Uh, so I'm, I'm keen to see what's going to happen. Um, we're going to, every single person that goes back is going to go back to a very, very different business. Um, you know, it, it's not it's not going to be the same. So I mean, I'm keen to see how that plays out, not just for us, but for everybody. I mean, luckily enough, you know, we've still got a lot of people working, but other companies have had to furlough quite a lot of people and they've all got to go back at the same time. So just be keen to see, um, you know, what happens. But fundamentally, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I just hope everybody stays safe and that everybody's okay. Hope I'm returning to work. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And um, look, final question. You can answer it with a, a phrase, a sentence, a word, whatever comes up for you, Sam. But if, if Sam could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd listen to your advice, they'd take it on, they'd implement it tomorrow. What would you say to the people? Stay busy, 
and go into every day with the right mindset. Love that. Sam, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.